0: Why do women exist? Why do women exist? So we have something to kill. Not for the meat, just for the thrill. Thank you. From LA. It is not like other podcasts. What the fuck is up, people? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Roll it back, roll it back. I. Hi. I don't know if you guys have noticed this in yourselves or if it's just me. I've been cussing so much more post quarantine. Like,. I was around my mother and she was like, you really need to figure what that's about and you need to curb it because you are constantly spewing expletives. And I do feel bad. Um, I'm not used to like being around old people or children. And every other word that's coming out of my mouth is not appropriate for daytime television. I'm so sorry. Hey, hi, it's me, it's Carly. This is my minisode. If you haven't listened to Katie's minisode from... Two weeks ago, I recommend very highly that you would go back and listen to it because I think it's one of the most beautiful little gems of truth that we've produced on this podcast. And as she discussed there, and as we will continue to see, me and Katie are in two places right now. We're separated by like 2,000 miles, she is in our apartment in Seattle and I am living with my boyfriend in LA for two months before I come back and finish school. So we've entered into this little period where we're creating this podcast from two different vantage points. And every other week we'll be on Zoom recording episodes with one another the way that we have been, or slightly altered, but we'll be together. And then in between those we'll alternate having mini episodes. So She'll do a short little ep about some pressing content topic in her life, and I'll do mine, and you'll get to hear from each of us. And hopefully that'll, I don't know, it's a fun departure from what we've been doing. And at the same time, it also terrifies me because I am in this completely new place, in this completely new city, and I don't have my closet, and I don't have my best friend Katie looking back at me nodding encouragingly and like giving her (laughs) her great energy to go off of because she's not here and it's a lot easier to a be vulnerable b be fucking hysterical uh and just tune into what we're so good at and what we love to do on this podcast it's much more difficult to do that when we're not together so i'm just gonna try to take a little page out of her book and give it a shot, and just talk about what's been on my mind. Um, I've been here in L.A. for about a week now, feeling good, feeling good, feeling nervous, and giddy, and excited, and very full of love, and also out of place. I'm just feeling like a plethora of emotions, because I'm with this person that I love And I'm in LA, which is a city that I kind of love and also despise. I'm not from here, I'm from San Diego. So I have an idea of the culture. I've spent some time in LA, but I've never lived here. And the people, obviously it varies from place to place, but like the people here are very different than they are in Seattle. The art scene is very different, the neighborhoods, obviously the weather, traffic, good God, it's all all very different. And so I'm taking some time to kind of acclimate to that. And like I said, there are things that I have in Seattle that I don't have here that make my life a lot easier, such as, you know, my own stuff and my own space and my own bed, like I, didn't realize how much having control over my space. Actually, this is not true. I did realize how much control having control over my space was an important thing in making me feel at ease and peaceful in my own life. We've talked about in the past, like when I know when my anxiety is getting bad because I'll hyperfixate on cleaning everything around me. And sometimes it doesn't even take anxiety. Like sometimes sometimes my favorite thing to do in the morning is get up and tidy up my space, and I'm like, okay, cool now I can start my day. Like it feels like my grounding practice. It feels like the thing that gets me centered. And also it aligns me with what I feel like is the core of myself, which is my connection to curating beauty. So that is important to me. And that's something I've identified as a part of my little morning ritual. And I can't really do that here because it isn't my space. (laughs) It's it isn't. It isn't like I'm sharing this space with my boyfriend, but it is his space, and it's full of his things, and it's kind of in flux right now because he moved recently, and he also was waiting for me to get here so he could move some more stuff in, and I could have some places to put my stuff, and uh, yeah, so we're like in this kind of limbo state where the apartment is in process, and. He goes to work every day in like the middle of the day and I have the rest of the night by myself. And it's strange because I, I can't like spend time in this apartment because I feel A, like I don't belong there and B, like I can't do anything to make myself feel more at home or at peace. Fun fact. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever... Uh, it may are smarter than I am and you have more life experience, you know, not to wash other people's clothes. But the first night that I got here, he went to work and I was like, he asked me to do some laundry, like do his uh, do the bed sheets and like some linens and whatever. And so I could go and see how the laundry machine works. And I was like, sweet, got it. And I also saw his hamper out and I was like, OK, cool. I know that acts of service are my love language amongst other things but like that's one thing that I know I was trained as a child to show love so I'm gonna do his laundry and I did his laundry and I really shouldn't have done that because there are many a thing that don't want to be washed because <laughs> he has great taste in clothes and expensive clothing and very particular and I should have known better but I washed his clothes and then he came home and he was like did you wash my clothes? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh no. And I was like, oh no. And then I cried <laughs> because I was like, I just wanted to do something that made me feel useful. And I just wanted to show you that I love you, but it was a bad. And he was very sweet about it. But that was like my first moment of, oh shit, what am I, what am I trying to do here? And so I think something that's been really important for me to keep coming back to is like, what do I want from this time in LA? Like, what what are my goals? What are commitments I wanna keep to myself? What are boundaries I need to have? And a lot of that arises organically, right? Like, I'm not necessarily gonna know what kind of boundaries I need to set with this person or with this space until they come up. And so I'm trying to like leave room for that. But I'm also like, I have, ingrained in me the way that everybody I think my age or most people I know have ingrained in them this like weird egotistical hustle culture where we're like, okay, I need to be working towards a goal at all times. I need to be becoming a better artist or becoming, you know, a smarter, more conscious citizen. I need to be listening to a podcast. I need to be reading something or I need to be working on my next script or I need to be making connections and so there is a part of me an older older existing like a younger part of me that's like you should be doing an internship right now you should be doing a show you should be in Seattle trying to make your career happen because for my entire life I've always been very career focused and I think that's part of the reason why it's been difficult for me to find time or space in my life for relationships romantic relationships especially And being somebody with a more avoidant attachment style, I think that that's just been a convenient excuse for me not to pursue that. So when I took time off of school for COVID and I allowed myself a little bit more room in my life for other things, wouldn't you know, I just happened to fall in love and it's been really rewarding especially because this person is so talented and intelligent and thoughtful and loving and supportive and also like very collaborative so he helps me make my best work which is something that is so important to me this is all to say that I don't feel like this relationship has distracted me from my career or my art if anything it's only enhanced it and I'm thankful for that but yeah now I'm here (laughs) In LA, and I don't have my collaborative cohort right next to me the way that I usually do. I don't have my Katie, which is (laughs) immeasurably sad. Um, And I'm trying to keep doing the thing that I know works for me, which is like, I need to get up in the morning at a reasonable time, I need to have some sort of like engagement with my body some sort of like gentle movement either like I need to put on some music and dance a little bit or I need to do a little bit of yoga I need to go for a walk um going to the beach has been really helpful for that and then I I need to like eat good food that's another thing (laughs) that uh I've tried to be very conscious about and me and Katie have talked about this in our own time but saying it out loud is always a good way to hold myself accountable just because Summertime seems to be a really difficult time for my eating disorder. I think it's just because, A, there's this whole, like, swimsuit season rhetoric that gets passed around. Everybody's wearing less clothes, and you're like, I gotta look hot. Um, Usually, I have a little less structure in my day, so, like, that makes me feel like I need to control something. So, I'll start controlling my intake. Or when my eating disorder, like, really, really kicked off was hot girl summer. So I think summer has kind of, since that point, immortalized itself as an opportunity to relapse. That's just something that my ED voice keeps whispering. And so I'm trying to be really conscious during this time, especially where I don't have my usual support system and I don't have... I'm not in my space. I'm with my partner who works in food and eats while he's at work and also like just kind of eats on the go and doesn't really think super far ahead about like where and when he's going to eat and I'm I'm trying to be very conscious about still maintaining the same food habits that I have and like cooking good food for myself nourishing myself and eating at regular intervals because there are times where the edu voice kind of pops up and it's like this could be a perfect opportunity for you to, like, slip back down, like, this could be a great opportunity for you to just, like, skim a little bit off the top, and I don't want to do that, I don't want to go down that road again, because I've been there before, so that's the thing I'm clocking, but yeah, LA culture is really starkly different than Seattle I mean it is and it isn't right like you have your pockets different neighborhoods you have like the local like the basic version of the young person there and everybody wears like the same kind of clothes like in Seattle everybody's wearing like North Face and Columbia and Carhartt and they kind of look like they're ready to go on a hike but they also probably go to UW they're in a frat like there's just there's a certain vibe where you're like this is the model young person for this place and then they have like an artsier crowd so you know in our neighborhood you get a lot more like there's people running around they've got mullets and shags and everybody's wearing cow print and it feels a little bit like yeehaw influence there's wide-legged pants and platform shoes you know just like TikTok culture really is permeating (laughs) and it's funny because in Obviously, you go place to place and everybody's style is going to vary because of the temperature and the climate. And L.A. has a similar feeling. Lots and lots of hot women everywhere. Surprise, surprise. And I'm really recognizing this thing in myself, which we've already talked about in prior episodes, which is like my initial thought and feeling when I see these women walking around like all these really cool looking fashionable pretty girls is first like a sort of bristling like I feel intimidated or like I'm like fuck they're so cool like I want to be cool like them I want to I want to look like that I want to dress like that and then I get kind of excited because I'm like oh my god there's so many cool people here like I'm one of the cool people now I get to be in this city with these other human beings and we all dress really cool and like everybody smells good (laughs) whatever and then at the same time there's also a part of me that's like damn I really like want to kiss these women (laughs) which is it's all happening on top of each other and I think it's cool to kind of notice that that mindset mindset shift where I'm like internalized misogyny is slowly turning into a repressed homosexuality unknown um and that being said, it's not like everybody here like i i said before there are different fonts of the same kind of people that you would see in seattle so you have your lululemon you know crop top and uh birkenstock wearing gals you've got like cool cutting edge art scene gals and they're all like six foot four and they have like sleek blonde hair and tiny black glasses and they have like silky black slips and you're like what the fuck everybody here is so cool I love I love 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 that right now there's like a sort of like drapey flowy minimalist aesthetic happening almost like we're looking at this genderless future and there's lots of beiges and browns and tans and, like, black on white. Like, that's, that's all very in, which I love. Because it also does make me feel like there's a less of an emphasis on the way that my body looks. I'm not, like, trying to accentuate certain parts of me aesthetically. <laughs> I mean, I am, always. But it feels very relaxed and casual and comfortable. And that's lovely. I love that platform sandals are a thing. I love that people are, everybody here has like tiny dogs like they do in movies. Not everybody, but definitely been seeing a fuck ton of tiny dogs. What else? Yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing to grow up in Southern California and leave and then come back. Because I do feel the difference between who I was when I lived here and who I am now. I wonder if I could live in this city as an adult. Because I feel like there are things I've learned about myself that don't seem to align with this place. And maybe it's just because I haven't spent enough time here yet and I haven't met the right people. Like one of the first nights that I got here, me and uh, my boyfriend went to an art gallery, like an art opening, a gallery opening. And he knew the photographer, but we didn't know any of the people there. And it was all of these very fashionable, cool looking artist types, who immediately I was like really excited about because they reminded me of all my friends back home and all the people that I respect and look up to. So there was part of me that was kind of, okay, like I can do this, these are my people. But at the same time, we didn't know them, and it was post-COVID, like one of the first public outings I had been to, so everybody didn't really know how to engage with one another. And you could easily chalk it all up to that, but there was this feeling of aloofness that I hate, that reminds me of being in high school. And then this is another way that I know that I've grown because I feel like I have found a self-confidence that allows me to be comfortable almost anywhere. I don't feel like I have to impress people or prove to people that I'm cool enough to hang out with. And we're all drinking, so I'm trying, to, like, I'm trying to meet people at this event. We're looking at photography. I go up to this really beautiful group of girls, <laughs> and I, I introduce myself, and I just make a little bit of small talk. is isn't really my way, but I tell them I'm from Seattle. They ask what I do, and then they say that they're from L.A. And, of course, through the beginning of the conversation, there's kind of this energy like, who is this person? Why is she talking to us? and I asked them what they do, and they're like, oh, we're artists, and I was like, oh, great, what kind of art do you make, what kind of art do you do, and they kind of, like, shifted around and looked at each other, and there was the vibe of, okay, that's a lot of energy that you're coming at us with, like, you're asking us this really strange question, and we don't know you, and I had this moment of insecurity where I was like, am I that weird kid, like, am I in that weird kid in high school that's, like, committing social faux pas left and right which is kind of my biggest fear right like I try to pride myself on the fact that I'm socially conscious and maybe to I mean absolutely to a fault like I think that's part of the thing that's kept me trapped in my obsession with my image Is feeling like I need everybody to like me at all times so immediately I was like oh no do they think I'm weird and they're like um And one of the girls goes, it's, it's getting hot in here. We're going to go outside. And they like side-eyed me and they leave. Like they go and they walk away. And I don't think I did a good job explaining this situation. But I was left with this feeling that like I was just trying to come in and make friends and talk, especially after quarantine where we're all desperate to talk to people and we're, at this social event and we're all artists and we're talking about art and I go and I ask these people what kind of art they make and they act like I'm really strange and they leave (laughs) and that was like my first impression of being in LA and I was like oh no what they say about this place is true everybody is cold and aloof and everybody's like in a clique and you need to know somebody to get in And everywhere you go, somebody's like, who do you know? How did you get here? Like, who's your friend? And very quickly after that, I met other people that made me realize that that's not necessarily the case. And everybody's insecure and sad and scared. As we constantly say on this podcast, we just need to continue to vibrate at the frequency with which we would like to have others meet us. I don't know some woo-woo shit right there, but truly, people are vibrational beings, and what you give out in the world is what you will receive, and I have seen nothing but constant evidence that that is real and true. So I am here, in LA, trying what I can to ask people questions and pay attention stare at the ocean a lot, cry a little bit, eat good food, get drunk, (laughs) and love the person that I came here for. And that being said, I've also had moments where I'm like, do I disconnect from social media while I'm here? Like, (laughs) I just have this constant thing where I'm like, social media is the devil, it's unnatural, and I hate it, it makes me the worst version of myself. Should I get rid of it? And then I never am able to because my ego is attached to it. And also I'm like, people need to know what I'm doing, right? And also, like, how will I know what other people are doing? And truly, if the worst thing that could happen with people not knowing what I'm doing is I kind of cease to exist in people's minds. And that's kind of a blessing. So I go back and forth on it. But I have thought about just jumping off the map for this period of time. We'll see. Unknown. Unknown. I can't believe how fucking hot it is in this place. I'm getting so hot in this closet. Can you tell that I'm laying down? You must be able to. I can feel that my vocal cords are like shrunk up against themselves. My voice teacher would have a fucking cow if she could hear me. Um, that being said... I'm wishing all of you a beautiful day and a beautiful week and Katie Peterson I miss you so much I just I'm gonna text you right after I'm done recording this and tell you how much I love you but I'm gonna tell you right now via podcast I love you and I miss you and everybody out there I hope you got to celebrate the solstice I hope you got to make an intention for this summer and you got to let something go that been holding you back. Because like I said in previous episodes, for some reason, spring is always such a challenging time for me. So if that's you too, I see you. I love you. And uh, let's keep trucking on, folks.